Um, listen, what we get the opportunity and the pleasure to do uh, once a month here is we take, uh, partake in what we call communion. Communion comes from two words, common union. Communion is that moment where regardless of where you are and what you have, it brings us to one place that we all come to the foot of the cross. So this morning, we get an opportunity to do that. But I'd like to take a moment to show you here in 2 Corinthians what the Word of God teaches us. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter, I, don't, I just went blank. What is it, uh, Anisha? There it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He says this, and it's something that you have heard time and time again. For he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin. He, that means he was not acquainted with, did not have a relationship with, did not ever sin. He knew no sin, but he became sin. Okay, let's, I want you to process that for a second. Basically, what Jesus did is that he took every charge that could have ever been taken on the face of the earth, God laid it on him. Now you think about it. Would you take somebody else's charge? If you knew they were guilty, would you stand up and say, yeah, I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about you went to jail for your boy and he paying your mama's bills. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that you would be sentenced to death for something you did not do. Not only did you not do what they did, you have never done anything that will cause you to die. But you did it, listen, knowing that there was a great chance that the people who were guilty would never even say thank you for taking their guilt. That's what Jesus did. The text of scripture says that he was obedient even to the death of the cross. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to see the intentionality of the moment. The intentionality of the moment did not start at Calvary. It actually started before Genesis, but we only have Genesis. How do you know it started before Genesis? Because in Revelations 3.18, as John is writing about those who will worship the beast, Satan, he says that there are some who will be left in the earth whose name is not written in the Lamb's book, but they were destined to worship the beast. Listen, even before the Lamb was slain, before the foundation of the world. Hear me. That before God said, let there be light, water, birds, all that, what he said was, let there be a way that the people who will walk away from me can have access to me again. And that way was Jesus Christ. So he did that before we could record anything. So then when Genesis comes, we get a glimpse, we get a trailer, if you will. My sons are big on trailers. I've seen the trailer, Daddy. It's going to be a good movie. We get a trailer in Genesis 
because when God creates everything, then he creates man. After creating man in one creation story, he creates all these animals and he tells Adam, here is the assignment. You got access to everything here in the garden, dude. There's only one thing you cannot touch, and that's this tree. Don't touch it. Name everything. So what God does is gives him what you can do, what you can't do, and then he gives him a job. All right? I'm not even going to talk about that, ladies. I'm not even going to talk about the fact that before God gave him a wife, he gave him a job. I don't even want to talk about that. Just breathe on that just for a second. Because you keep dating projects, and God says, that's not my order. You keep thinking because you're so good and you're so pretty and you smell so good and your heels are so high that he will get a divine assignment because he knows you. Wrong order. Divine assignment comes and then he gets you. Okay. So the assignment is name everything. And fellas, he, he lets you get all the names out before you meet her because she can only have one name. Get all the names out. Heifer, get all the names out. See, y'all go look at me like I'm crazy, but the truth of the matter is, the stuff that we've started using as curse words are real words. What's a female dog? Go ahead and name the female dog, Adam, because I need you to get that out your system. So all of that happens, and then God says, uh, it's not good for man to be all one, all, all alone all one. It's not good. He says, so what I'll do is reach into him and take out of him a protective part. I'll create her with the protective part. So ladies, what you're designed with is a bone to help not just protect your organs, but also protect your man. So he puts Adam to sleep, which is a type of death, which says if you're going to ever be the woman that you're supposed to be, and man, if you'll ever get the woman that you're supposed to have and that she's supposed to be, you're going to have to die. See, some of us, our problem is we get a woman and we don't want to die to ourselves. But he says, listen, in order for this woman to even become, I got to put you to sleep before. You weren't sitting there watching me while I did this. Put you, something you got to die so she can become. My God. My God. So then, so then, he creates Eve. He wakes Adam up, dude, get up. He says, all right, here it is. Flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone. He gives to Adam woman, wound, man. Okay? Y'all be fruitful. Y'all multiply. Y'all have dominion over everything. Let's work together. So God retires. He goes back to his place, and he said, all oh, this is y'all's. Handle it. So then Eve rose up on this tree that she's not supposed to touch, and a snake starts talking snake starts talking to her. She starts having conversations that she should not have. Okay? She starts talking to things she should not be talking to. So he starts telling her, hey, 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 
Uh, God, that's not what God said. He didn't really mean that you couldn't have it. You know, he knew that if you had it, you'd be kind of like him. And, you know, God got a complex. You know that, right? You know he wanted to be the top dog. But he, so she takes this fruit and she gives it to Adam. And Adam at that moment was supposed to clarify instructions. But he did not. He ate it. And it's at that point, sin happened. Let's be clear, because when God rose up on Adam and says, dude, what did you do? He blames it on Eve, this woman you gave me. But sin is not recorded as sin until Adam did it because he was given first instructions. His leader was clear. Eve's leader was not. Watch. So then, we, we thought, thought we were talking about all, communion. We're talking about communion. I'm getting there. Here we go. It's all I'm preaching today, so I had to give you something so you wouldn't be mad. So listen. So they ate, and their eyes were opened. Wow. And God said that's what, that's what would happen. Because sin opens your eyes to stuff that you wouldn't have to worry about otherwise. But when you step over into sin, you have to start worrying about stuff that you normally wouldn't worry about. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, if you want to sleep better, stop sinning. If you want to stop looking over your shoulder, stop sinning. Because sin opens your eyes to stuff. And the text says that their eyes were open. And the text says that they realized that they were naked. And they were ashamed. Here's the problem with that. At the beginning, the text says that when God created them, they were naked and unashamed. Because sin brings you, when it opens your eyes, it brings some shame to you that God did not create you in. Y'all with me? So then they realized that they were naked. And so then they go and they sew on these fig leaves. When God comes and starts walking in cooler today. He asks Adam, Adam, where are you? Of course, you, you've heard it. Not that he didn't know where he was, but he wanted Adam to take some inventory as to where he was. Adam, where are you? Okay. Adam says, okay, I'm over here. Um, we, were, we were hiding from you because we were naked. God says to him, who told you you were naked? Watch this. It's, a, it's interesting to me that they would take the time to make fig leaves to cover their nakedness, but they didn't even have confidence in their own ability because they were still hiding. And they told God we were hiding because we were naked. But you weren't naked, you were covered with fig leaves. But you knew that your best effort is still inadequate because God sees through what you think you're covering up. So the text goes on to say, and here we are today. Remember I told you, you get a glimpse of this in Genesis. The text goes on to say that God covered them with the skin of an animal. Which means something had to die in order for them to be properly covered. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God for covering. The Bible tells us over in the New Testament that love covers a multitude of sin. See, Adam covered himself because he was ashamed. 
God covered them because he loved them. My God. It was at that moment when the animal in paradise, in the garden dies, that we see the glimpse of Jesus. Because in order for us to be covered in our sinful state, something had to die. Christ died for us. It was at that moment that we understood and we can see John 3:16 in John the third in uh, Genesis the third chapter we see for God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life this morning when you came in we gave you communion elements I want you to understand that number one this is indeed a ritual. It's a ritual. And so sometimes we get so newfangled in our belief and we say stuff like, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. It's about both. Because religion from the Latin, I think it is, religiary, it is a self-binding process. It is what you attach yourself to willingly. So this whole notion of Christianity, nobody forces you to believe. Christ just opens his arms and says, hey, I made a way for you to live again after this. I made a way for you to, to be saved from your sins, saved from yourself. It is an ongoing process. So if you didn't know, you are saved. You, you have been saved before the foundations of the world. You are saved right now and you shall be saved at the end of it all. It is an ongoing process. So is sanctification. When Christ died, you were sanctified. You are still being sanctified, and you shall be sanctified. It is an ongoing process that we live in, both uh, past, present, and future. So this blood, this body, it is a symbol for us that Christ has done the work on our behalf. We have to receive it. We have to believe it. We have to live it out. So today we get the, opp the uh, awesome opportunity to remember again that God loved us so much that he sent his only son. Listen, at one point in my life, I know what it felt like to bury your only son. It makes you feel hopeless. Because I said, I had a friend of mine that says, I know Timmy's gone. He said, but you're going to have sons and daughters in the faith. While all that's good in the faith, I didn't have a son in the natural. And so to bury my son in the natural leaves you empty. How must God have felt to bury his son in the natural, knowing that the people he allowed him to die for would turn their back on the whole process. Today we get the opportunity to say to God, we remember and we appreciate it. Before I go any further, I want to say this to you. God was so intentional. He loved you so much. Where you are right now, he opened doors for you to keep moving forward in his plan of salvation. He loves you today. I don't care who hasn't told you. 
I don't care what you've done to make people feel like they don't want to talk to you anymore or speak to you. I want you to know God loves you. You can't mess up enough for him not to. He loved you so much that if you were the only person on the world, in the world, he still would have sent his son to die for you. He loves you. Receive that love. Receive it. I know we like to hear people tell us and we need that affirmation and I am not against that. I'm for that. But I do want to tell you today, if you don't hear anything else, hear me when I tell you God loved you and he loves you today. He will always love you because he has created a plan to bring you to himself. So the Bible records that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he passed it out to his disciples, and he said to them, this is my body broken for you. Take ye and eat all of it. As you eat it, remember this, we are like this bread, for he whom the Lord takes, he breaks, and he whom the Lord breaks, he blesses, and he whom the Lord blesses, he passes out, and we become bread to the nations. In like manner, he took a cup, and he said to them, this is my blood shed for you. It's a sign of a new and a better covenant. Paul writes that without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sins. In other words, had he not died, had blood not run, we could not be forgiven. But because it has happened, we have forgiveness. This is a sign of a new and a better covenant. Take ye, drink all of it. The Bible records that when they finished, they went out into the garden and they sang a hymn. We don't leave here to go to a garden, but we do go to an unfriendly world. And I want you to remember that we have a story as believers, and our story is that Christ came from heaven to earth to be our example. They hung him on a cross, they killed him, but he rose again. That is our story. 